Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damian. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Damien is up this week. So what are you bringing to the table today, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, as you know, and hopefully as folks uh, listening know, uh, I have brought a documentary to the table yes. for us today. And um, I was really excited to bring this particular film uh, because I thought it would be a really good way to extend our conversation from last week. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last week, we talked about the Supreme Court's recent decision in the Dobbs case that overruled both Roe v. Wade uh, back in 1972 um, and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. Um, and, and that really terrible decision has left the ability for folks to get abortions and sort of abortion rights um, in general to be decided at the state level yeah. instead of being um, really a right that should be and has been all these years protected by federal law. And we talked, I think, at length last week about just how troublesome and dangerous and awful um, the Supreme Court's decision was and, and what it will mean for us uh, as individuals, as a society, um, and certainly where we may be going. So um, this week, we watched a documentary called The Janes, yep. which ironically came out earlier this year mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, is on HBO, if folks want to check it out with us. But this film tells the story of the brave women behind an organization called Jane uh, and the work of Jane itself, which provided counseling and support and resources, um, and most significantly, uh, abortions, um, safe, affordable but illegal abortions um, Mm -hmm. to women in the late 1960s and early 1970s uh, before the Roe v. Wade case went before the Supreme Court, uh, as I mentioned, in 1972. So um, and so speaking of that, we learned through this film um, and I may have mentioned this last week, but also how the film closes. There's sort of some information about the organization and um, they highlight that Jane provided around 11,000 safe, affordable, illegal abortions over that five-year period, which is really just kind of wild to comprehend. Mm -hmm. 11,000, that's so many. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about the film. I I really enjoyed it. I feel like I learned so much from it. So um, I'm excited to to chat about it with you. Yeah. Um, What did you think of it? Where do you want to start? Yeah, I thought it was really great. Yeah. Um, And you you said 11,000. That was sort of highlighted in one of the... Uh, one of the interviews where somebody was talking about just the sheer volume. Yeah. Um, And so they were doing them three days a week and with, you know, a lot of women every week for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Yes. Uh, And so that's, that's how that number I think escalated um, to that level. Uh, But yeah, this documentary was really great. I think it's a, it's an example of, a group of women who saw a real issue yes. um, of women not being cared for and being charged exorbitant amounts of money um, for care that ended up being really dangerous mm-hmm. and, and harmful. Right. Um, and so 
um, yeah, uh, the the situation was dire. Yes. Um, many of the women in the documentary told stories about women that they knew who almost died um, or didn't have the opportunity to seek proper care. Um, you know, the documentary showed a, um, a doctor um, who talked about working in a hospital and uh, at times working in a septic abortion ward oh, yeah. in the hospital oh. where multiple women died every week yeah. from you know, illegal, unsafe abortion processes. Uh, so these these women formed Jane to respond to this health crisis yes. by providing safe, secret abortions um, for thousands of women. Yeah. And it's really astonishing to think about for so many reasons. I think the first is that, you know, in our lifetimes, this hasn't been necessary to the same extent that it was in this time period yes. because of Roe, right. um, which they talk about all the way basically the end of yes. the movie yep um the end of the documentary because that they were like well they don't we, we don't need to do this anymore we're sort of done now um, right? yeah another is that they flew under the radar for so long despite <sighs> being very well known to women across chicago yeah and i think to like some people in power Prominent too and they're like uh, you know just kind of turning uh turning away i think the women were also um well, what's the word I'm looking for? They were. Uh, it was assumed that it couldn't be them, right? Like, yes, it was the 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 ways that that it's assumed that women couldn't be doing something like this, absolutely, right? Uh, underestimating them, right? Yes, by a, a large degree. Um, another part that I think was that's it, it's important, I think, to the story is that some of the women described their experience going through Jane receiving an abortion as the um, exceeding the level of care that they would receive from their regular doctor. Yes. Which yes. I thought was um, really incredible. Um, yeah, so for all those reasons and more, like the stories that they tell throughout the, the documentary, this service, Jane, it was, it was remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things you mentioned was how uh, many of the women who formed Jane were, yeah, talked about, stories of their friends or folks they knew like down the hall in their college dorm room or whatever, mm -hmm. like people in their lives who um, needed this kind of help and really had, you know, traumatic experiences. But um, some of the women even named for themselves that that was, a, that was personal stories for them right. too, right? That they had those experiences as well. So I, I certainly appreciated them. And I think in many ways, I should finish that thought. I appreciated them sharing um, their own personal stories. Um, but I think one of the things I saw in the, like the episode description or the uh, documentary description was this idea that this is for most of these women, the first time that they were talking on camera about this, the first time that yeah, they were really yeah, yeah. sort of sharing this, um, the story of Jane and how it came to be. And um, so there was a lot to learn from them and their experience. Um, and I, and I love the fact that, well, I mean, I don't love it, but right. Like they wanted to, form this organization and do this work to provide um, a better option for women out there um, yeah. than that existed. We should, I don't know that I said this in the beginning, but this was based in Chicago, yep. right? And so in many ways, there's some context there around how women were seeking abortions and many some of those options had to do with the mob, mm -hmm. right? The mob was providing these sort of illegal and um, really unsafe uh, abortions. Um, and there's also the sort of the context of, of the time of Chicago and sort of um, uh, the re religion, right? And the church yeah. and the role that that played um, in, in this. And so uh, there is so much that the film, on top of what you mentioned, highlighted that 
really made this uh, an incredible documentary. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I, I I can't really get over the fact that um, the work that this organization did, the fact that, like I said, it, it provided uh, around 11,000 abortions um, mm-hmm. over those five years. Um, I think that's so remarkable, and it's amazing to think that these, this group of women helped so many women. Um, and I, one of the things I really appreciated as each of them sort of talked and shared sort of facets of their experience, was this idea that they never really lost sight of why they were doing the work that they were doing. Right. All right. And how important it was to provide this like high level of care and support to every single woman who called Jane, right? Yep. Every single woman who came through their doors, who entered their cars, um, who traveled long distances to to get these abortions, right? They they wanted to make sure that they cared for these women in a way that sort of honored their experiences, experience, um, and and provided them with the support and the healthcare that they needed. Um, and that's again from the moment that they called Jane all the way through. It sounds like they were keeping in touch with women up to two weeks after yep. um, the yep. abortion to just make sure that they were they were doing okay, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I think the ways in which the Jane women believed in the the gravity of this work, the importance of this work, um, and and the care in which they, um, the ways in which they cared for the women um, yeah. really struck me. Um, and, you know, I think certainly as I watch this, we're in the midst of what's happening with the Supreme Court. You and I just had this conversation last week about what happened. And so, you know, all of that was in my mind and ever present, right, as I watched this, right? And so that was sort of at play, right? Like, and, and particularly thinking about, like, the fears that I have around where we are now in 2022. And I guess we're in the post-Roe v. Wade era now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, what might be coming for women and for folks seeking abortions and reproductive health care services and the like, um, you know, all of that were certainly at play, too, and sort of made this even more um, significant of a watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so it um, felt so important to watch. It felt so meaningful to yeah. watch. Um, I'm also reminded by, you know, you talking about the care, um, one of the women described the care that they received going to Jane, um, when they went in the room, uh, the person who's going to perform the abortion explained the whole procedure and like, yes. this is what's going to happen. This is where you're going to feel something this, and you know, it's not going to last too long. And then this is maybe the way that you, you know, take care of yourself after. Um, and we're also going to follow up with you and her saying, Nobody had been that transparent with me yes. in my own like medical care in general um, before that, which stuck out to me a lot. So that that tied into one of the things that I thought was really astonishing and remarkable about yeah. what they were doing, uh, and also connects to what what you're saying there about the level of care that they provided right um, to these well, women. And it just is you know you juxtapose that with the film opens with a woman sharing her experience, and I mentioned the mob. Yeah. Right? So she shares her story about having to. Uh, really rely on the mob to do this abortion. And they, you know, you're given this address, you travel, she said, to some far distance, to some seedy motel. Um, and there's another random woman there. And yeah. literally the, the abortion is performed in the bathroom and the mob does it and they just leave those women there. And she's like, 
you know, thankfully we were able to get ourselves up, collect ourselves and leave. But she's like, how many women die on the, on the bathroom floor? Um, mm-hmm. because they've, they've had this experience and no one talked to them yeah. through what was going to happen. It just sort of happened and they left. And so, um, you know, you juxtapose that with that experience and it's like, it's mind blowing. Right. Well, to, and, uh, to think about the, the care that they provided based on, what you could afford too, where uh, they worked yes. with people based on like, what do you have? And so they had all these index cards right, yes. of women who called the service and then they would call them back. Um, and you know, they asked what, what could you afford? What do you have? Yes. Um, and some people said nothing. Some people said, I have a dollar. Some people said I have $5, but they would also talk to the women who had maybe more resources available to them to say, Hey, if you, you know, if you could pay what you can, that would be great because that's going to help us pay for the women who can't. Yes. Um, and so that that was also part of the the the, the work, um, yes. too. And um, there that was super you know, important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so another another reason I wanted to talk about this is they the women talk about this in the documentary. Um, one of the reasons why this kind of abortion service was required and necessary um, was that the access to contraceptives for women was so limited. Oh, yeah. Say more um, about that. Yeah, yeah. So the pill had just been developed, so it was available. But you had to be married to get a prescription. Uh, you had to be married to get a diaphragm. Uh, one of the moments in the documentary that stood out to me was when a woman was recounting that she had been told to go to a department store to get a $5 ring yeah. and pretend to be married yes. at her doctor's appointment so she could have access to whatever contraceptive she needed in that moment. Yeah. Um, to get your ring, say you're Mrs. So-and-so. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. The, you know, the limited agency that this culture in the U.S. has given to women across our history is really hard to wrap my mind around, right? Yeah. And that's soaked in so much of my own experience and privilege of not having to think about that or navigate that in the same way. Of course. Um, and it's not, it's also not something we talk much about or know much about because, in, you know, in our history, we don't, or in our culture in the U.S., we don't talk about our history. Um, we, we uh, you know, sweep it under a rug and move on. But, you know, uh, the other thing is that this history isn't really history, right? We are entering that post-Roe world now. Um, yeah. And some of these realities that have never gone, they've never gone away for everyone. Right. Um, and now Good they're going to expand. And like I said last week um, in the Dobbs decision, you know, they're looking at um, contraceptives now too in terms right. of it, of, of what's the right to privacy around that that had to be decided in the Supreme Court case as well. And, and along with so many other things. So it's, it's, um, yeah, the history is not really history. Not at all. Not now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I think that history is so important. I'm glad you named that, right? We talk often here about how knowing and understanding our history and this country's history is like one of our greatest tools. I think when we talk about what we need for for progress and social justice and and, and collective liberation, right? And so, um, I appreciate what the documentary did to name that history and the context of what women were experiencing at that time in this country, Mm -hmm. um, seeking these, you know, in my opinion, what they really are, just basic healthcare needs, right? And medical attention at the time. But, right, you name, and you take it a step further to name this idea of what women have always experienced in this country, right? And, you know, there are, it, it, it was appalling. 
it's it was appalling to sort of hear their stories and to hear that and to think about the the hoops that women had to jump through mm-hmm. um, just to to do that. And you know, I can't help but think about sort of another piece of this conversation. Um, and w- when you sort of um, overlay sort of race and class issues with this too, right? Yeah, um, and so there's a lot of that at play here in this film, right? And there are a couple of ways that that was brought up in this film, right? And so one of the ways was uh, in terms of the ways in which um, the the women who made up Jane, right? Mm-hmm. Like the vast majority of them, I think all but one of them uh, were middle-class white women, Yeah, right? Well, all the ones we saw in the documentary. That's a good point. Yeah. All the ones yeah. we saw in the documentary, all but one were, were middle-class white women. And that's what one of the women said. We're all middle-class white women. Um, and so particularly when New York passed their law to legalize abortions in 1970 in the state of New York, um, you know, that's when Jane could then start sending women who could afford to do so mm-hmm. to New York to get safe and uh, legal abortions. Um, the film then and sort of the women start to talk about how that really spotlighted for them that women with less means or women who were poor, you know, and women who held sort of marginalized identities were still stuck having to seek out support from organizations like Jane. Um, or if they didn't know about Jane, they had to seek out, you know, the more unsafe options that were that were still out there and, and women were still um, seeking out, right? And yeah. so yeah. Um, I think that's a piece of this that's really important to name, and I appreciate, again, them sort of naming that. Um, the other thing that came up, I think, was the fact that these women who would seek out support from Jane looked nothing like the women who ran Jane, right? Yeah. Um, particularly after the New York decision in particular, right? And so I did... Um, I, I did think it was great that the women talked about, the Jane members talked about the fact that they knew that, right? Yeah. They, they could see that. They could identify that as an issue. They understood it, um, and they knew that it wasn't ideal, right? And so mm-hmm. I think one of the women talked about how, you know, she would talk to women who sought out those services to say, you know, you can join us. You can, you can, you know, we would love to have more members. We would love to have, um, we would love to expand sort of our membership and the and the folks doing this work because they knew that, um, you know, how how scary is it to you know be seeking out an illegal abortion? You know that this service exists. You know that they're doing good things because, as you talked about, they're not necessarily flying under the radar um, right. once they're in it all these years in. Uh, but you then enter the room and it's all these faces that look nothing like you and that come from a different world than you. I think, um, I think that's, that can be, that could be scary. Right. So I, I, uh, I appreciated them naming that um, as sort of a a context in which they were, they were working. Yeah. And that's such a, um, it's a, it's an important thing for them to have had that um, at least the beginnings of that kind of analysis um, of trying to understand the differences in their own experiences from the the folks that they were serving, particularly in the later years, uh, and and what that meant, I think that's um, you know it's it's a sign of continued education and openness to yes. what what is it that we are doing, what are we missing, what what are we not doing well, yes. which I think is a, a, another demonstration to their care um, for uh, the folks who they were. Um, you know, serving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So another thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, so Laura Kaplan was a member of Jane. Uh, and at one point in the documentary, she says, uh, we were building a new world 
And we were doing that one woman at a time, mm. um, which I think is abolitionist to the core. Yes. Right? They were building something to replace the broken system that they were living in. Uh, and, you know, Ruth Wilson Gilmore says abolition is about presence, not absence. It's about building life affirming institutions. And I think, you know, hearing the stories of the women who were organizing in Jane and the women who, you know, uh, received an abortion through Jane. Jane affirmed the life and the agency, the humanity of 11,000 women in Chicago yeah. uh, in ways that the world around them wasn't doing. At all. Um, and so they were, they were that presence. Um, they were that life-affirming institution um, or, or you know, whatever word they might want to use um, to describe themselves that... Um, was creating something. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great connection between the point I just made, right? Yeah. Like, right, and to the point I just made, right? Like, um, it was absolutely abolitionist, right? And and as they were doing that work, they were also um, interrogating themselves, right, mm-hmm. and analyzing, you know, what it meant for them to hold that hold the identities that they held, right, to be serving the women that they were serving, um, and they were starting to do that work, as you say, starting to do that analysis, right. That's a piece of that abolitionist work yeah. um, that we have to do, um, and so yeah, uh, they absolutely were abolitionist, and I love that connection to Ruth Wilson Gilmore too. Um, I think I think that's just especially important to to name as we think about all of the abolitionist work that's happened and what's happening right now and the work that has to come. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and also just what it takes, right. Like these women in Jane were remarkable for so many reasons, right. To risk their lives, right. Their families' lives, right. We see some, some Jane husbands in the film as well. Right. And um, one of them was a lawyer too. So he absolutely knew, like I could lose my law license, right. Like, uh, you know, in addition to, you know, probably going to jail, um, right? These women risked so much to do this work. I think one of them called them, she said, we're criminals. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they were absolutely doing something that was completely illegal um, at the time and and, uh, and against the law of the land, right? And um, so that uh, in many ways is commendable um, in terms of being able to, as you say, sort of affirm the humanity of women in Chicago at the time. Um, you know, one of the things I, I didn't fully reckon with and, and reconcile as I watched the film was there is piece of this that they, where they start to talk about, and I think it's like a gray area, there's some murkiness to contend with here when you think about the fact that they weren't actually using a real doctor to perform these abortions. Yeah. Um, we meet the one, they talk about, they in the beginning, I think they were working with some real doctors, but the vast majority of these abortions were performed by a, nam, a man with the pseudonym of Mike. Um, and Mike was not a real doctor. Mike learned how to do the abortions from watching a doctor do it. And um, then he performed them. And um, and then when Mike was done, the women learned how to do the Jane women learned how to do them. Right. And so, yeah. you know, there's there's some there's some gray area there. Um, but the, the work that they were doing on the whole was absolutely abolitionist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I think the other piece that I think was abolitionist is that they were challenging the medical profession. Yes. In a lot of ways, the sexism present in the medical profession, the racism present in the medical profession um, that kept, that gate kept, um, you know, um, women, black folks um, from being able to access that Absolutely. profession. Uh, and so, 
there there's an element too of that of challenging illegitimate authority because that illegitimate and they say that one of the women says that in, yes. the, in the documentary because that authority has established itself to be illegitimate because it is exclusive in some way or because it is harmful in some yes. way um and they they were they were working against that too in every way shape or form the system yeah. was harmful to to all women um seeking help at the time all right mm-hmm. and so i i did a I do appreciate that as another lens of this for sure. Um, All right. Well, this feels like a good place to maybe shift and talk a little bit about application as it relates to this film. Like how are we thinking about um, connecting the dots between what we saw in this film to um, our lives and to society? Um, I, I think for me, the application is directly connected to what we just talked about with abolition, right? Like, the, this film and the work of Jane was very inspiring, mm. right? And so I, I really do love the fact that you named Jane um, and that work that they were doing as abolition work. I think it really mm. provides us with this film and the work that Jane did provides us with a great example of what abolition looks like in real practice, um, and so I appreciate that model. That's not to say that they were perfect, right? right. Um, by any means, but they were an example of it. And I think we can continue to learn more about abolition and try to infuse abolitionist practices into our work and our daily lives. Um, and so I appreciate having Jane as an example of what that looks like, um, and what it takes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's important to point out that they weren't perfect because nothing is like yeah, we, right. we aren't, um, as humans, um, and perfection striving for perfection is there's a, an element of white supremacy culture to that too. Absolutely. Right? Uh, which you've talked about here before. Right. Um, I think for me, the application is tied directly to reproductive justice um, and continuing to learn um, more about that and and, uh, the work that is being done to move us toward reproductive justice. Um, And so to quote from Sister Song, reproductive justice is the human right to maintain personal bodily autonomy, have children, not have children, and parent the children we have in safe and sustainable communities. Uh, and I think that that's what, um, that's the place, that's, that's the direction we need to move in. Absolutely. Um, it's the direction we needed to move in before uh, Dobbs. Um, uh, yeah. Because we weren't there. Um, it's the direction we need to move post-Dobbs um, now too. Um, and so I think that's that's where my application is at, is connecting the things that people have been doing throughout history to the things we need to do now in a post-world world to the things that we need to do to, to move toward reproductive justice. Absolutely. That's, that's great application. And I, it makes me wonder sort of, um, what needs to happen in the, in the short term, the medium term, the long term right now that we're in this sort of yeah post Dobbs post row era, um, with what happened with the Supreme Court, um, you know, where do we need where do we need to go now, right? And particularly as it relates to reproductive justice um, and getting us to that place, um, I feel like now we just have so much more work to do um, as a result of what happened. So um, I appreciate that. Um, all right, let's move on to homework. Mm-hmm. 
what do we want to do when we leave this table? Um, One of the things I want to do is to check out the, there's a resource guide um, that the film has on their website. Um, I found it right before uh, I came over today. Um, And uh, so folks can find it on the documentaries page on HBO's website. Um, It's a downloadable resource guide, or you can just view it on your computer or your phone uh, that highlights information and resources on how to support women's reproductive health care and uh, reproductive rights. And so I want to check that out and see what more I can learn, right? Cause we're never done learning. I, I know there's a lot more I can learn in this area for sure. Um, and about all of the organizations that are committed to this work and, and the resources that are available and try to then identify what more I can do. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, I think my, my homework's really just a continuation of last week's homework. It's, yeah. it's, it's the, connected. Uh-huh. It's the first thing I thought about um, when I started to think about what's the homework um, for me this week, I think um, uh, it's continuing to learn about abortion funds. That's right. Um, you know, they're organizations that help provide financial and logistical assistance to people who need abortions. Um, they're, in their own way, um, a modern day version of Jane. Oh yeah, um, right. Yeah. So one of the things they talk about in the in the film was when New York um, did legalize abortions, women who could afford it would go there, as you said earlier. Um, And so that's, I think, what abortion funds in states where abortion is now illegal are going to be doing, is funding those, um, uh, funding that travel um, to be able to get that necessary procedure done in a state where it's, where it's legal. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's my homework in, you know, encouraging people to look into those and um, support them in you know, ways you can. Absolutely. That is so important, especially just as we have said over and over again, given the world we now live in. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks for highlighting that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my friend, you're up next time. I am. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Well, so for the next episode, I would like to bring a resource from Interrupting Criminalization Project Nia and Critical Resistance. Oh, yeah. Called, so is this actually an abolitionist proposal or strategy? Yes. Um, which you found and shared. Um, but I really like this, this description from the introduction page. Okay. Uh, it says, this binder is what people have already created and what we've come across. It is full of excerpts from resources that we have frequently used as jumping off points when we think about when we think strategically about abolitionist organizing. The excerpts included in the binder highlight tools that we found helpful when getting into the nitty gritty of strategizing and evaluating next steps. Questions to ask, list to consider, steps to take, charts to consult. Mm. Um, this is a pretty thorough resource. Yeah. It's over 100 pages. Yes. So I think maybe we could split this one in two. Okay. Um, so maybe I'll bring the first half next week. You could bring the second half uh, the week after. So I'll do something like, I don't know, section one through three. Yeah. I think. Because I think it's eight. Yeah. And it's I an think the, the first ones are a little, um, it's a little top heavy. There's more okay. 
stuff in that that first half. That's but right. We'll all, we'll figure we'll, it out as we go along too. Yeah, we're gonna uh, do half but, and then the other half. <laughs> yeah. However, however that split works, we'll Absolutely. figure that out. But uh, it looks like a great resource. So thank you for finding it and sharing it. And so we'll we'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks. I love that. I feel like we've talked at length and featured those organizations uh, yeah. many times uh, on the podcast, and they're doing incredible work. And the fact that they yeah. have done this work to compile this this resource, this really beautiful resource, mm-hmm. it's a PDF um, that folks can find uh, is great. So I'm really looking forward to to cracking it open and um, for us to spend some time with it. So yeah, thanks for getting the ball rolling there. Definitely. And it, I have started looking through it already. There are some things that we've already referred to yes. um, on the show, which is cool to like look back at it and see it in a different context. And yes. um, there's some stuff that they dive into in this that um, I, I think is going to be illuminating um, for why those things are, are more reformist than abolitionist and, and that that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So looking forward to that. I can't wait. Very good. All right. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot, please follow us, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with everyone you know, follow us on social media and get everyone you know to also follow us on social media. Uh, check out some previous episodes we've got on YouTube. Sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week.